Hey, welcome to Clinic Gym Radio. I'm your host, Dr. Josh Satterley, and I have spent the last 12 years trying to find the perfect model of musculoskeletal healthcare. And I think I found it. I think it's combining chiropractic care with excellent rehab skills and then transitioning those patients into an exercise program at a gym where there's great communication between you and the people running the gym. We call that the clinic gym hybrid model. And over the last two years, we've really been trying to perfect it with the goal of having 100 clinic gym hybrid facilities opening up here in the U.S. I'm Dr. Josh Satterley, and welcome to Clinic Gym Radio. Guys, this is Ken Reinig. Um, he is the insurance guy. You can tell because he has a website called The Insurance Guy. And um, I met Ken, a f- shoot, probably six or seven years ago at a Tom Plummer convention. Um, Ken sings a great song called Gym Owner Blues. He played on his guitar, and it's all about you know, waking up at 4.30 a.m. to teach a class and getting home, that eating leftovers out of Tupperware and getting home at nine o'clock at night. So once I heard the song, I knew he knew our plight and understood things. And um, yeah, Ken, if, uh, can you just give us a one minute little synopsis of your business so people can know how long you've been in business and where you're operating out of? Uh, sure. Uh, thanks for the introduction, Josh. Yeah. Um, the name of my company is theinsuranceguy.com, Reinig Insurance Solutions. We uh, specialize specifically in the health and fitness space. We uh, insure uh, uh, like 3,800 health clubs nationwide, uh, from personal training studios to large multi-purpose facilities. But uh, our real forte is is not only insurance, but also the risk management side of things and uh, education, um, you know, bringing uh, true risk management uh, processes and protocols to the health club industry. So everything from what type of waivers you should be using to how to fill out an incident report and sexual harassment training, all that stuff. Yeah, I think that's great because uh, I think a lot of people in the that aren't in the insurance industry, we don't really understand what uh, risk management means. But basically, risk management is, as I understand it, any way you could get sued, having a process or procedure or something in place so that uh, when that happens, not if that happens, but when that happens, uh, you don't end up losing your ass. Is that pretty right. much it? Yeah. Yep. That's All right. Pretty much sums it up. Yeah, and I've been cool. doing it for uh, oh, going on thirty years, uh, and uh, you know, as you pointed out, met you at a conference, and and I also uh, am involved with the the Rex Roundtable. I'm a, a risk management advisor to uh, the Perform Better company, mm-hmm. and uh, also ABC Financial. So we're well entrenched in this in this industry. Yeah. I love the fact that you understand the small guy too. You're not some like Liberty mutual insuring, you know, 24 hour fitness with right. uh, some astronomical number of, of members. So, all right, well, you might, if we jump into some questions here, uh, Ken, that I want to make sure we get answered early on for our people. And then sure. um, if Ann and Dave, if you guys got any questions and cue them up, but I got two, I want to ask real quick. Okay. First, a relatively new idea, but something that I, um, often wonder about what suggestions do you have around employees use of social media at our gyms? Meaning if they're posting stuff, 
what do we need to be worried about or how do we protect ourselves there? Yeah, that's a great question. And it's really a tough one because uh, courts have cited on the, uh, have cited with the employees having the, uh, the right to vent their, their own frustrations with their own employees or, or employers. You cannot use that against them if they are talking derogatory about the ownership or the way you run your business or anything like that. Um, of course, at, we're at, in an at-will state usually. You can probably find other reasons to get rid of an employee who's, who's bad-mouthing you in the public eye, but unfortunately, we can't use that as the reason for termination. So the courts, again, have sided with the employees time and time again on those kind of situations. So, so hold on. Said, let, me, let me get this straight. So an employee can go on and talk crap about us and our business and how we operate and say, we're a bunch of idiots, don't know what the hell we're doing, and yeah. we cannot use that as a reason to fire them. That is correct. That's just them venting at a bar, essentially. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> They're having a bad day, whatever the case may be. Now, again, that being said, there are a myriad of different other ways that we can get rid of employees. Um, but you cannot specifically use that as the reason for a termination. All right. Let me piggyback on that. Let's uh, say that uh, Ann here, she has a, a gym up in Wyoming. And let's say that she hires an employee. And the employee says, uh, post on their Facebook from now they're they're doing something in the gym it's clear that she's posting from the gym let's just say hey there's a saturday bike ride uh we're meeting at the gym at 9 a.m and we're gonna ride for an hour to you know mount such and such people show up they ride and ann is not did not like sanction this or anything as the owner she just allows the lady to show up and use the parking lot essentially as meeting place they show up they ride off they go to start their ride. 20 minutes in, somebody gets hit by a car. Because it was posted on Facebook or social media and it started at Ann's place, can Ann be wrapped into that lawsuit? Yes, she can. Uh, and that's why it's important to uh, work with an insurance company that is going to provide off-premises coverage for, for that type of exposure. So whether it's Posted, not posted, or social media, or, or it's just a, a, a fun run or a bike ride that you do even on an ongoing basis. It, if you are off your premises, most insurance policies won't follow you. Yeah, because so a lot of gyms do like, a, hey, a bunch of us are doing the color run. It's a 5K to raise money for cancer, right? And, right. Uh, and that can get into some pretty sticky area. Yeah, it can. So just make sure that your your current insurance company or your agent is aware that you are participating in offsite events. And I don't know of any gyms that don't at some point. Yeah, that'd be a good way to say uh, it. Yeah. So you really just need okay. to get confirmation from your agent that you are protected for those uh, offsite events. All right. Now, because I wrapped Ann into that, she has a question, Ken. So go ahead, Ann. <clears throat> so if you don't say like, if we're not even sponsoring something like that and people just meet at your place, you're liable. You, you could be liable. And you know, this is America that the plaintiff attorney is going to come after everybody. 
So <laughs> in their investigation work, they find that that everybody just met at your gym. They'll bring you in <laughs> into the lawsuit. Well, okay, so Even say you did. I'm sorry. So say like some random person that doesn't even work here is like, hey, let's meet at the SpineFit parking lot because it's a it's a good parking lot, and they go on a bike ride has nothing to do with my business, has nothing to do with any of my employees. You, yeah, you're absolutely right. You would not be held liable, mm-hmm. but you may still be named in the suit. You, you still may need to have a defense that says, hey, this person doesn't work for me. We just used it, that they showed up at, at my doorstep. I did not I didn't have anything to do with it. And then it would get thrown out in summary judgment. Mm-hmm. But in the meantime, you're racking up $5,000 worth of defense costs to go through that process. So almost any business could have that happen to them because you could meet at the yep. King Cooper parking lot and go on a bike ride and yeah. they would that would happen to them. So would they have off yeah. coverage? Off they, they would have coverage as well. But but if it's a legitimate attorney and they and it, and when they take on that case and they find that it was just a meetup spot, it was not sponsored by anybody, the chances of them even filing the lawsuit against you are going to be pretty small because they know it would be removed in summary judgment anyway, and they're going to have to spend money out of their pocket going after something that's, that they're never going to win. So I'm saying that they can still sue you. You still need to have the defense cost sitting in your back pocket just in case, but you're not going to be held liable. So, so really, yeah. Yeah. Really, you're recommending that if you think that's something that you would do on a regular basis or be involved in. Well, um, I love offsite events. I think it's great for your your community for advertising for uh, to keep people uh, interested in the in your gym. Uh, but uh, as an added buffer, we have what's called a. Uh, a special event waiver that goes above and beyond your regular waiver. So that if you are doing any offsite events, we recommend that you have your participants sign this waiver. And uh, you can just send me an email, Ken at theinsuranceguy.com, and I will be glad to uh, to share that uh, special event waiver for, with you. Yeah, I, you can let me just be clear here. Um, my concern, Ann, was if you have an employee right. and they invite a bunch of people to your place to meet up, right. is there a relationship there that the courts could say SpineFit Wyoming is definitely uh, liable for this? Not just they're using your parking lot. It's that there's an appearance that your employee is, I'm going to, I don't know if this is the right term, Ken, but sanctioning, sanctioning this as a yeah. SpineFit activity. Yeah. That is that is correct. I mean, they could they could uh, equate okay. the two because the employee okay. is a representative of your company. Okay. So whether yeah. they have your sanction or not, they're still your employee. Yeah, and that's where it gets sticky: is making sure you have processes in place, or at least employee training, to say, uh, "Hey, dummy." Don't just start willy nilly posting a bunch of stuff. I need to be aware of anything that we're doing. And not just for those reasons, but also for your brand. If you're like, hey, our number one, if Dean is in Kiwanis and then you hire an employee that posts from some rotary event and and blows it up, that may ruffle some feathers going, hey, man, how come you don't support Kiwanis like you're a member of our thing? And and you have no idea because the employee is just thinking they're doing a good job. So um, luckily, Ken has a employee manual that includes 
a lot of this detail um, that he offers to clients. So uh, not, not just for the sake of time, because I want to respect Ken's time, I want to move on to a second question that I had. And then again, if Dave, if you or Ant, excuse me, you guys have another question, certainly let me know. Um, and I'm just going to throw you guys on mute real quick. So Ken, let's say that, uh, let's say that somebody's working out at Dave's place, uh, with Dave and, uh, some accident occurs. Let's just say they drop a dumbbell onto their foot because I've seen that happen a lot or, you know, they just twist an ankle or something. That's not a huge deal. And there was no, um, there was no other party involved. It was just a piece of equipment that ended up injuring them. Uh, and, the person says, oh man, that was my fault. Don't worry about it. Uh, I'll be fine. Right. And right. I may be, I may be bleeding in a personal story here, so I'll try and keep the names out of it, but they say, oh yeah, I'll be fine. Don't worry about it. Right at that moment. What are you hearing? What is, I'll be fine. Don't worry about it. What is that code for in your business, Ken? <laughs> that's uh wait till they get home and see uh an advertisement on a personal injury attorney uh from the law firm of Dewey Cheatham and Howe and, uh, <laughs> and uh and then their tone will change but as in all good pros uh, uh processes when there is an injury at the facility you document what happened when it happened if you have video uh, surveillance, which is the best defense by far that you can ever have, is to have um, have uh, digital surveillance of the facility. But as soon so as just your happens, Just your security cameras running essentially all the time, the ones that you just have uh, yep, watching yep. the front door, the back door, the cash register, all that stuff. Yep. Have it okay. just over your, your exercise area. The number one claim that we get is actually treadmills. So treadmill is the only piece of equipment that doesn't know if the operator is losing it or not. They don't care. The treadmill will keep going and throw the body off the, off the belt. But I digress. To, to get back to your original point, document what happened, when it happened, and then also document what the, what the member said. He got up, he shook himself off, and he said, Hey, that was my fault. You just document that. They do not need to sign any form. You don't need to do anything other than just put that in in, in your incident report. And uh, either share, you can share that with your agent and say, hey, this is just an incident only. It is not a claim. This is incident only, and it can go on file because the statute of limitations is two years. So that person, if they continue to have trouble trouble with their foot, and then all of a sudden, two years from now, you get that attorney letter from Dewey Cheatham and Howe, and, uh, and they're suing you over that incident. Now you have something on file. The insurance company has it on file. We have a report that's been done at the time, and that goes a long way to helping the defense. Okay. And to document it. Uh, now in the world of cell phones with video cameras and everything, can we just film the thing and say, and I'll get to you in a second, Dave. Can we just film the thing and say, uh, hey, it's, it's, it's Wednesday at 8.30 a.m. Uh, I'm here in the gym, and we just had a, a, a member, Dave Smith, who uh, dropped this 35-pound dumbbell on his foot, blah, blah, blah. Here's a video of the dumbbell. It was in good working order. Here's, a, here's the area as it was set up. There's you know, no trip and fall hazards or anything. Uh, and 
Dave, Dave told me his words were, don't worry about it. I'll be fine. And he just left, uh, hopped in his car and left cause the workout was over. Um, and, uh, you know, obviously share my yeah. name. Is that enough right there? Yeah, Cause I think some people think they need to like fill out like a multi-page, write it out, no. hand tie, like, you know, Nope. That's actually a great, a great mechanism to use. And then you can, okay. you know, save, save that little video forever, you know, to go okay. on the cloud, put it on the cloud. And like I said, two years from now, when you get that attorney letter, we can find it, you know, and, uh, and one more and question. So if I have that today and then, uh, let's say in a year from now, I change and I, I do alert an incident to my insurance company, not a claim, just say, Hey, FYI, dude dropped a dumbbell on his foot. Uh, I don't think it's an issue, but I just want you to be aware. And a year from now, yeah. I change insurance companies because this happens, right? Yeah. Because I alerted them, basically, I'm covered by them until that uh, statute of limitations runs out, correct? Well, it's your, 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 you're covered, yes. All, whenever that claim gets filed, even though you're not with that insurance company anymore, it goes to the policy that was in effect at the time of the incident. Okay. So you still have coverage, even though they're long gone and you're, you've moved your business right. somewhere else. Okay. Now Dave had a, had a question. So Dave, I'm going to unmute you here and all right, Dave, you should be good to go. So you had said treadmills were the you know number one uh, complaint or, you know, um, hazard. Uh, what would be the second most? Um, Cause I, I don't have a treadmill, but I'm worried about like plyo boxes, uh, having yeah. someone with a hip replacement jump up and jump off of plyo boxes. Um, yeah. what's your on that? That's a good question. And the, uh, by far the next area of, uh, frequency is what we call member malfunction. <laughs> the member, the member has done something inappropriate or they're, they're misusing a piece of equipment or as, as Josh put that, he said the member dropped a weight on his foot. It just slipped out of his hands. It's a member malfunction item, and that could come in a myriad of different ways. Plyo boxes, that's a big one. Um, you know, that's why we recommend you know, that you only purchase uh, the plyo boxes and have the, uh, um, like the perform better plyo boxes, where they're, they're not sharp edges. It's not an actual wooden box, but it is a, um, a softer type of the, surface where, cause they're going to the miss. stiff foam. Yeah. Yeah. The stiff foam, then you'll be able to save, uh, uh, you know, save a lot of, of grief. <laughs> People going to, they're going to hurt right. themselves. They do it all. The time. <laughs> that's and one that's of those things that's, Yep. On the front end, when you're looking to perform better catalog, you're going, why is this a thousand dollars and the wood ones are 200 yeah. and, and then a lawsuit occurs and you're like, Oh, that's, yeah. that's why it's so expensive. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Cause somebody that this occurred to before me built them out of foam, you know? So, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. I mean, I have Dave to, to back it up. Not that you need to hear it. We had a client who, uh, an incident occurred. She was doing pull-ups. And, uh, the best way to explain it is imagine going to the top of a pull-up and you know, at that point, your feet kind of rock a little bit forward and your center of gravity changes, um, at the top of a pull-up, she decided it would be a good idea to just completely let go of the bar. 
So she very quickly ended up on her back and kind of rung her bell. And yeah, I, I don't know why you would do that. I mean, luckily she wasn't on one of the higher pull-up bars and she was, there's literally a trainer standing there who at that moment had turned to grab, because uh, she had just completed three, which was a PR for her, turns to grab the clipboard to mark it down. Well, when his head is turned, she, next thing he knows, she's, he hears a smack and she's on her back. And that woman used the secret code language of don't worry, I'm not going to sue you, which is an old Latin term for, I guarantee you, I will sue you. Um, and sure enough, a year and nine months later, we got a letter. She hadn't even been in for probably a year and six months. A year and nine months later, we, uh, nine months later, we got this letter. Why a year and nine months? Because there's a two-year limit, uh, statute of limitations. That's and we right. had, I mean, totally forgot about it. I barely, I could barely remember her name for God's sakes, but luckily yep. uh, we were okay. All right. So now let's say the scary thing does occur. And guys, if you have a question to ask, but scary thing does occur. I get a letter saying, I'm going to sue your ass, right? Uh, what do we do then, Ken? Because that's a scary moment, right? I mean, we're like, you know, the margins on the gym business aren't huge. It's, it's a small business. It's, I mean, Anna's running the place with her husband and, and it's, it's their, it's their family's, you know, business. Uh, yeah. Somebody says, I want to, you know, you owe me a million dollars because uh, your kettlebell was unsafely uh, writhing out of my hand and falling. <laughs> yeah. So what do we do? Yeah, they, uh, you immediately send it to your insurance company. Don't sit on it. Don't try to respond directly to that attorney firm because uh, a lot of us get offended if somebody's going to sue us and we know it's not our fault. We know it's not our fault. But our, our inclination be is to pick up the phone and chew out that, that plaintiff attorney and say, what are you fucking crazy? You know, no, it's not my fault. Do not attempt to contact them until you have representation through, through the insurance company. They will be the ones that respond on your behalf. And then you can tell your side of the story if, and when, a deposition comes to fruition or the insurance company may be able to contact that, uh, that plaintiff attorney and say, you got nothing here. Here's, here's the incident report. Here's what's happened. If you still want to pursue this, bring up, bring it on because we're not going to pay. So you let them make those decisions. You make those choices. Uh, unfortunately, a lot of insurance companies, uh, look at injuries that are that old and, and, and clubs have not done a great job of reporting it at the time. It's he said, she said, they don't remember the staff member that was there at the time was long gone. The, even though it's not your fault, the insurance company may make a settlement with them, even though there's no, no fault on the, on your behalf. That's why it's so important and critical to document everything at the time it happens, save any video if there is any, and then let the insurance company go to bat for you. Because the better yeah. job we do at the front end, the, the more chance we're going to have to get that removed in summary judgment. What, two things I want to cover. Let's play the stereotyping game here, Ken, because it's, it's very fun. Plaintiff attorneys will usually approach the situation like uh, – Everybody is owed a boatload of dollars. We just got to find out how much. Um, yeah. And part of that is they make money. If it's a million dollars, they make 40% of that. If it's a hundred thousand, they make 40% of that or, or sometimes more. Um, so in their business model, they need it to be a big claim. I mean, it's just their business model. Like, um, 
And on the flip side, you know, people will stereotype and say defense attorneys don't believe that anybody is ever injured uh, for any reason. But the good news, what happens there is you're going to get this letter that says we are suing you for $500,000. Ken, I would love to hear a story of a ridiculous amount you saw for a ridiculous one. I saw a trip and a friend of mine does defense work. He saw a trip and fall over a pool noodle on a pool deck that um, appeared out of nowhere. Because you know how pool noodles are so um, hard to yeah. see. Uh, right. There's subtle colors and whatnot. Anyways, um, and the woman said, because of this trip and fall on the pool deck, you owe me uh, uh, $1,050,000. Um, there, no, there was just a sprain strain of the wrist and a, and a contusion to the knee, too. It was like a bruising of the knee. Anyways, um, but what happens is the plaintiff says, hey, you owe me a boatload of money. And they scare you within amount. And then lucky for us, when we're the business owner, we get our defense attorney. They basically say, screw you. We're not giving you a dime. And if you keep pushing, we're going to actually sue you for the cost of this lawsuit. And somewhere between those, those guys have to battle and say, prove it. Well, a lot of times when they prove it, it just goes away because there's really not enough proof. And sometimes the attorney, the plaintiff's attorney will realize that and say, I'm not going to move forward with this. But what you want to do is engage that attorney right away so that they have to actually prove it. Because we don't know anything about the legal, you know, we're not legal yeah. experts. We're just business owners. So, um, right. and then the yeah. other piece of it is that process from the time you get that letter, that may take to settle, may take what, two years? And I'm yeah, not talking wow. about court. Court may go on for three to five years. So it's, yeah. you got to let them know right away so that they can start that process and and, uh, yeah. and you're not dealing with this headache, man. That's why you pay the insurance premiums is you're basically paying uh, an attorney on retainer at that point. Yeah. Yeah. We had a, a, a case that we just now settled. Uh, it was an 82 year old woman on a treadmill. We have her on film pushing the button and the treadmill speeding up and speeding up. And she kept pressing the button. She just was pushing the wrong but she thought she was going down and she was going up, uh, fell, uh, pretty severe injuries to her shoulders, her hips. And, um, it took three and a half years and, uh, was just about ready to go into the courtroom. And we settled for $285,000. They wanted 1 million. Uh, she was messed up for the rest of her life. You, you have a fall like that when you're 82, you're not going to recover. So it was a legitimate injury, but illegitimate cause of action. There was no negligence on the part of the club, but we were in a jurisdiction in Florida where we knew that the only people on the, on the jury would be the same age as the lady that <laughs> fell on them because we were in South Florida and we know <laughs> you'd have a very sympathetic jury, one is, especially if they see the film as to what happened, because it, it looked horrible, but it was her fault. So, mm-hmm. you know, it, it kills us. It killed my client. He just, he was screaming at the top of his lungs. I said, man, just be thankful we, we didn't have to go into the jury room because we could have lost a million. So, yeah, it, it, it's just unfortunate. It's, It's the society we live in, and that's why you buy insurance. Hey, I want to tell you all about Membrant. Membrant 
with a D in there like Rembrandt. Membrant is an app platform. Now this company is the one who built the Clinic Gym Hybrid app. And if you uh, purchase our accelerator program, you will get firsthand knowledge of what they do. But I think this is the next evolution in clinics who want to really give their patients better care, better service while making it more convenient. So what Membrand can do is help you design a custom app for your company. This isn't just like rebranding somebody else's. This is your app that lives on the app store and your patients can download. Now, what's the power of an app? Well, let's just say, for example, that you have a certain protocol that you want your low back pain patients to go for. So let's say you include the McGill Big Three, a little talk about repetitive motions and finding your kind of McKenzie protocol of reducing your, your pain through those repetitive asymptomatic movements. Well, you could tag the patients, meaning that you kind of put them on a list that says you want them to have access to the low back protocols, right? And then you could have another program of videos, articles, exercise descriptions, all that, that only go out to your patients with shoulder pain, right? Or ones that go out to patients with plantar fasciitis. If you can build that program, then what Membrane can help you do is make sure that only the patients that really need the plantar fasciitis exercises get that delivered to their phone. That thing that they're staring at, some estimates say as many as 500 times a day. All right. So check out membrant.com, membrant.com, or send me an email. I can hook you up with those guys and they can put together a fantastic program. I think it's really the future and it's one more way that technology will help you make more money while providing better care and a better business model. So check out membrant.com. If you don't know who to call, you can always call your agent that sold you the policy. So he probably has his name because he's good at marketing. The uh, the carrier sometimes is tough to get a hold of, but somebody can certainly call you and say, Ken, we just got a stupid letter. Can you help us out? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yep. And Absolutely. so, and, yep. And yeah. it's, it's a, uh, yeah, it, it's a scary time. Like, I don't want you guys to think like it's super easy. Some people can let that stuff roll off your back, but I think you do get a little angry and you're like, forget, you know, forget stupid head, Edna, like we did everything we could for her, you know, like it's not our fault. All right. So here's a complicating factor I want to bring up, Ken, because you got a lot of people on the call that are also have a clinic attached to their gym, right? right. So let's say that we are uh, bleeding heart uh, healthcare providers. We want everybody to feel better. And that lady that falls off the pull-up bar comes in and says, Hey, how about you just kind of, you know, if you could just treat me for a couple visits, I'm sure I'll be fine. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that's, a, that's a good question. Yeah. Um, what do we do? That's all, that's all case by case. I don't see a problem with that. Okay. I really don't. Um, I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't require her to sign a release. I would just, you're doing a good Samaritan act. You're acting in good faith, even though it's not your fault. If you make that decision, like, yeah, I'll be happy to, I'll be happy to work with you for a couple of visits. And then if she says, well, I, I really need care for a, a whole year and say, look, <laughs> you know, I was willing to help you out a little bit. And it, uh -huh. that, that is not an admission of guilt. That's the problem that a lot of owners, especially in your profession, you say, no, I'd rather not do anything because I don't want to be shown that I'm admitting guilt in this case. You don't you understand what I'm saying? Yep. It, yeah. it, you're going to be more gun shy to do anything at all. But if, if you do make that choice to go ahead and help her, even though it's not your fault, 
it doesn't work against you. It never works against you. In fact, it really helps your case and comes out in deposition as to what your what your mindset was. Should, you know, should we give it to them for free? Should we bill their health insurance? Um, what about the cost of it? Well, that's again a judgment call. If she has health insurance, you definitely should get paid for your your services. Okay, and you should you absolutely should do that. If they don't have the insurance, then that's again, it's your judgment call. You may give her a, a break on the cost or do it for free. You know, it doesn't matter. But each case is going to be different. Okay. My, but I think, my, uh, my, yeah. Again, I would my say, point is that, that it does yeah. not constitute an admission of guilt when you do make that decision. Okay. Fantastic. All right. Um, yeah, I think that can get into a sticky situation. But again, I'll say, you know, one of the things working with Ken, you can always call his office and just ask him, like, let me ask you this. This lady came in and she wants me yep. to treat her for free. What should I do? No walk yeah. you through it. You know? Yeah, absolutely. That's, That's the one thing. I don't think that you can, when stuff happens, I don't think any insurance salesperson, like any insurance agent or insurance carrier wants you to communicate less, right? <laughs> They typically want more. So, uh, you know, feel free to do that. Um, uh, Another question, because I know this came up with us. Uh, We got insurance through our, actually our malpractice carrier for a while. And they, not knowing, you know, we just got uh, business insurance. And I think that they were trying to give us a, we got a policy through the Hartford and whatnot. But one thing that we didn't realize was that I think the Hartford, the Hartford had a policy for gyms that they had, that the trainers, the people working directly with clients had to be certified by NSCA or what's the other one? The, um, ACSM, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, and you brought to our attention, like, Hey, do you know this? this, you know, they're requiring you to have one of these certifications on every trainer. Do you have that? And, uh, we may not have had that. (laughs) What the reason I bring this up is a a lot of people hire people that they're like, this person has great customer service skills and I will train them to be a certified personal trainer, but they're not right now. Right. Right. And so if somebody's going to get injured at that time, does that requirement basically throughout your whole policy and if so, what suggestions do you have? Well, never buy a policy as that as a caveat or as, as a uh, condition of coverage. Okay. So um, the one thing I recommend to anybody who buys an insurance policy, you're never going to read it. You're never going to read your policy. <laughs> Nobody does. <laughs> but there are two sections that you should read, and it's called limitations and exclusions. Limitations and exclusions. And yes. Those two okay. sections of your policy will tell you what you're not covered for. Okay. So, all right. But, uh, yeah, like with our policy, we, we don't require that the trainers be uh, certified. We recommend that they are certified. But the second you start making requirements, you're open up a, a, a Pandora's box because sure enough, it's going to slip through the cracks and a trainer is let his certification lapse or something happened. And then, uh, if you oh, come on, Ken, personal trainers, 
personal trainers are the most responsible group of individuals you ever met in your life. Yeah, yeah, yep. <laughs> so we just eliminated that completely from our from our yeah. policy. And, and yeah, that's interesting. The um, I remember one of the exclusions for us was outside the walls of the gym. That was on the old policy, which again is. Uh-huh ridiculous what if it's a nice day i mean like in the spring i'm sure when ann gets a, a you know the snow finally melts and she thaws out enough she wants to go outside and like hey let's do a warm-up in the parking lot let's run you know a couple blocks down the street that's very common and uh, i didn't realize like oh as soon as we step foot outside those doors we're no longer covered like so well I, and you will find that exclusion in general liability policies because right. they don't want to be covering the parking lot. They're not going to cover the city park. Right. Under general liability, in other words, of the slip and fall type of, of exposures. Yeah. But under the professional liability, the coverage area is inter- is not international, but it's, it's U.S., Puerto Rico, um, anywhere in the continental United States for sure. So there are no limitations under the professional liability, and that's where you'd get sued in the event that somebody got hurt on a fun run or whatever, out in traffic, because you, it was your professional okay. expertise okay. that Kate, that'll come under scrutiny at that point. Okay. okay. Now let's talk, uh, uh, and guys, if you have questions, let me know. Um, one person sent me a question and said, how do you know, Short of getting a bunch of questions, is it based on square footage, number of clients? Um, you know, is there a way to cap? Ken? Yeah, there, that's a good question. It, it is based on, depending on which carrier, because we represent four different insurance companies. One one bases it on a number of members. One is on square footage. One, one okay. is on annual revenue. So those are the questions that you're going to get asked. By, by the agent and you're going in, if you're just starting out, you don't know a lot of, you know, you're just going to have to guess, give them your best guess. The good news is that if you're off on your guesses, it doesn't, it doesn't uh, pre-qualify you from be, being covered. Or if, you know, if there is a claim that, and you told them you made a hundred thousand a year, but you make a quarter million, they can never deny a claim because of the information you provided. You just, everybody's on, um, on the honor system. I mean, mm-hmm. larger facilities actually go through an audit process, but clubs under 10,000 square feet, we want you to tell us the truth and we'll tell you the truth. So uh, uh, we know sometimes uh, you, you're going to be off on your, on your uh, calculations. Estimates. Yeah. It and would be great. Own. It would be great to go back to all your clients, Ken, that they got insurance before they opened. And when you see their estimated number of members this year, just to review that with them. Oh, 500 in your first year, huh? Interesting. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We all think we're going to just hit home runs, right? Um, all yeah. right. Well, uh, do you have any, so, so if we look at a framework to make sure that we're, I'm just going to say well protected. So a lot of the folks here are chiropractors and well, hell, everybody on this call chiropractor and gym owner. So on the chiropractic side, we will have our professional liability, aka our malpractice insurance, and we should still have general liability for the office, correct? Right. That's correct. Yep. So that if anybody's just walking in and falls and hurts their knee, 
Uh, that's not a malpractice claim. That's just a, Hey, you, you know, you yep. didn't, yep. you know, they fell. Is there any other insurance policy we should have on that side? No, uh, that if you're getting it through, you know, an agent such as myself, they, they will include professional liability on the non-chiropractic side. So okay. the, the, per, the personal training, the coaching, the, uh, nutrition counseling, that's all going to be covered under the professional side of the health club policy. So okay. you, the only requirement is that you're going to have to keep your professional liability in pace. As you said, your, uh, your malpractice insurance from the chiropractic side of the business, because that's going to be excluded under a health club policy. So another way to say this is if we contact Reineg insurance or the insurance diet, the insurance guy.com yeah. contact you. And I say, Hey, I've got a, I'm just going to throw a number out there. 3000 square foot uh, facility here. And, um, uh, outside of Atlanta, uh, we want some business li- We want liability coverage. You're also going to get us the coverage for the trainer, the non-professional staff members, meaning trainers, coaches, nutritional consultants, all that stuff that don't have a professional license like chiropractor or physical therapy. That's correct. Yeah. Okay. And then, and uh, and you'll help us work out like, even if it's two different companies. So like, you know, sometimes the clinic is a standalone, the gym's a standalone, but they share space. You can Uh help work the language out for that. Yep. We can. So we'll, we'll cover it. Like you said, the slip and fall that happens in the space of your chiropractic business as well, like mm-hmm. just anything that's non-chiropractic in nature, uh, the slip and fall types of stuff, it's really never going to happen. They're going to get hurt working out. That's where, and that's where you're going to have the coverage. Also, you know, we'll, we'll provide the workers' comp in the states that require that you get work uh, comp, okay. which is okay. which every state does. Um, and uh, and then. For larger operations or multiple locations, you know, we can talk about employment practices liability, cyber liability. Uh, but for the most part, you, these are small fitness studios. You're just going to need some basic property coverage, the liability, professional liability, and work comp, and you're good to go. Okay. You just brought up an interesting thing. Can uh, You know, I've been seeing a lot of outages of power, a lot of outages of internet and a lot of attacks on servers and whatnot. Right. Can you guys cover that on the property side? Yeah, we do have a a cyber uh, data compromise um, piece that we can add to the policy to protect you. Um, Most uh, gyms use outside third parties to do their billing and collecting and, and keeping information private information, credit cards, that sort of thing. It's, it's like with ABC financial or ASF or, or mind body. Um, and in those situations, you don't really need to buy the coverage because they have the, they have the exposure. They have massive amounts of insurance to protect your data. And it's, it's just a little bit too much of an overkill for you to also spend another 250 or 300 bucks a year for cyber liability when you don't really have any exposure. So, but if Mm. you're doing your own billing, your own collecting, you're keeping customer information in your server, not in, not in a cloud-based system, but on your server, 
And then all of a sudden you get compromised. Uh, your own employee hacks in and, and steals credit card information. You know, then you need covers for that. But as I said, most people go to an outside third party to handle their yeah. billing and collecting stuff. Just, Mind just body to, is a great one for small, for small okay. businesses. Just to make your blood pressure kick up a couple notches, Ken, I just talked to a friend who's an attorney. They're on a case for an employee stole, I think, uh, 14000 golf. Oh, an employee did what? Sorry, an employee stole 14,000 records oh. of employees, including social security numbers, and sold them to various parties. Woo! <laughs> All yeah. right. Well, when yeah. the employer found out about that, that, I mean, obviously, if they had 14,000 employees, that would be a pretty big company, but it's yeah. still not a, a not great news to hear as the CEO in the morning, right? No. Remember that gal we fired? <laughs> Yeah, she took something with her, and it, and unfortunately, it wasn't just her office chair. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. If you have a large enough operation, you absolutely have to have cyber cyber coverage right. and and you know, all that. All right. La- and last couple questions here, and, and Dave. Dave and Ann, if you guys got something, sorry, Ken, the, um, I didn't mean to cut you off there, but last couple of questions. Number one, uh, if, if you could rule the world, right, if you could step into every gym in, in the U.S. and help them out, Ken, how much time a year these different policies like um, what we post on Facebook or review the employee manual or all these things that are really kind of like killjoys, uh, but they're kind of the cost of doing business. I mean, obviously, I don't want to spend an hour a week going over policy procedures yeah. for insurance, right? Right. What What's yeah, sufficient? Once a, one, once a year for all existing staff okay. uh, employees, and then in, in new orientation for all new employees. You go through your emergency action plan, which would include, here's our AED, here's our, here's the, the protocols for first aid, get them first aid certified, you can do it online. Um, you know, it's cheap anymore, but everybody should have uh, a certification in first aid and CPR, everybody. Uh, it's not a requirement, but it's just good business. And, uh, so you go through those protocols and, and here's, uh, here's our incident reporting. Here's the protocol for if something does happen, these are the steps that we take and we provide all that for you. Uh, what to do in the event of a claim uh, or in, in the event of an incident. And uh, it's all laid out step-by-step. Step. Um, you go over sexual harassment and discrimination guidelines. Those have to be posted somewhere in your facility. In your in yeah. your employees employee area, just as the workers' comp posting is required. So th- those are the basics, and that's all you really need to do is just go over it once a year and okay. uh, and get with your agent and say, "Hey, is, can you send us the latest and greatest?" You know. So if we call you guys and say, "Hey, we're doing our yearly employee." Uh, uh, a meeting about how the owner is going to not lose his ass this year. You can kind of guide us through what, what we need to 
do what what they need to sign because there are some things to say like i you want the employee to sign something to say i completed this sexual yeah. harassment training yeah. or this um yeah they, they signed off on the employee handbook you know that i've read my employee handbook yeah. and this is this but is part of the I reason understand. to go with you is you you guys provide that to us right that's correct yeah i mean I think it's a big deal because I've seen the employee handbook you have and it's, you know, you could pay an, an employee to spend probably two days worth of work just building that thing. But again, is that really the best use of time and how do we know it's correct? You know? Yeah. Right. So right. I, I do appreciate that. Okay. okay. And then all as right. far as costs, last, last thing, as far as cost, if we look at all the professional liability and property liability and all the insurances, if you were to just give us a, rough percentage of gross revenue that it should hover around. Meaning if it's well below that, you're not probably not protected enough. And it's above that you're getting ripped off. Where, where would that percentage well, kind of lie? Kind of, a, kind of a rule of thumb any, and it, uh, for especially students of your size, the, the liability is not going to be more than a thousand dollars a year for both the, uh, the professional and general liability. And then the property you can use uh uh, like a 35 cent rate per hundred. So if uh, you have a hundred thousand dollars worth of equipment, that's going to cost you 350 bucks. So, you know, $1,500 a year for your, for your package coverage, property and liability, and then okay. workers comp, it depends on the state, but it's usually about 2% of your payroll. Um, so if your okay. payroll is $50,000, $50, you're going to spend a thousand dollars a year in work comp. Okay. Fantastic. And if you're in California, quadruple that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's, it's, if you're in California, just move out. <laughs> yeah. It, it, it's actually 5% of your payroll Jesus. is going to go to work comp. So. <laughs> well, listen, as ca if California just raised the tax a little bit more, they'll solve all those problems, man. Oh, yeah. That's right. Yeah, that's pretty sure. They're pretty sure. All right. Well, Ken, all right. I certainly appreciate the time. Uh, let me just real quick. And do you have any questions or Dave? Give me a thumbs up if you're good. Fantastic. Well, Ken, I'll definitely share this and I really appreciate the time and information. And uh, sure. yeah, it, again, guys, if you want to find Ken, it's theinsuranceguy.com. Theinsuranceguy.com. Ken and Ken, who are the other people on your team in case they call? It's Tiffany and uh, you and... Yeah, Tiffany. Uh, actually, I've, I have Brittany doing a lot of the work with your people. She's kind of my okay. go-to with Perfect. this and uh yeah it's just just drop me an email to ken at the insurance guy.com if you want me to send you that uh um th that uh special event waiver i can send that oh yeah that's you. right okay perfect yeah. so, so just send me an email and I'll, I'll get that right out to you awesome well thank you so much for the time this morning ken i really appreciate it you bet take care guys Hey, I hope you enjoyed that episode of Clinic Gym Radio. If you're looking for more information, just head to clinicgymhybrid.com. That's clinicgymhybrid.com and check us out there.